This show is a series of conversations amongst really good friends. We come from different generations and have different life situations. And those situations are even changing as we record this. We decided when we began that this might be a helpful conversation for others to be a part of. So we offer this to you as a gift. In the words of Dr. Adrian Keene, we have decided to consent to learn in public with you. We intend to be mindful, authentic, and responsible with our words. But we also expect to mess up and learn through this conversation. Take a look at America today. I wish I could give you better news. That I am suspending my campaign. 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden. And all those little girls. We're going to have to wait for more years. And the path toward victory is virtually impossible. For some of these other candidates to get behind Joe Biden. I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. Hi, I'm Dan Giles, he, him, his. I am a physicist, astronomer. I study space and stars, and I like to research things. I'm married to Addie Domsky and I'm a mixed race individual who talks about things. My name is Addie. I use pronouns like she and her. I work in a church and I love my cat, Vincent, who is a hardened leftist from the south side of Chicago. And I am a registered Democrat, but don't identify with the party. <laughs> my name's Ari. I am now an enrolled student at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, I'm an artist and a powerlifter. Um, I spend my time mostly doing those things. Currently, I'm making a print of an alligator that I'm making into thank you cards for people um, because I'm trying to express more gratitude in my life. I use pronouns sometimes like he and sometimes like they. Gender's fluid and fake. Thank you. I'm also white and living in Chicago. Oh my god, twins. I'm also white and living in Chicago. My name is Julia. I, we live on Council of the Three Fires territory. And I am also enrolled at a college, but I'm not going there. I'm starting my gap year program um, with City Year on Monday. I'm excited about not being a student for a year. Um, because I'm kind of tired of people acting like, oh, you're still learning things. I want to do things. Um, and learn things at the same time. Do you think you need to trust politicians? That's a good question. I feel like you should trust people that you're electing to any position. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that I should know. be a thing I think that that's... you... I think you should believe and trust that they will work for the, like, four things that you believe in. But, like, you should never just believe that they're going to do that inherently. Like, you should absolutely, you have to hold politicians accountable. You have to make them believe, like, that their job would be in jeopardy if they didn't do those things. Um, like, yeah, and I feel like part, trusting, yeah. tr trusting assumes that you're, like, go forth with what we agreed on. I trust you. <laughs> but I, that, that's not how I view politicians i i feel like if you're in a relationship with someone that you have to be you have to trust them but i don't even think you should trust like I, here we go controversial i don't even know if you should trust your boss or like your co-workers like oh, that's not even that's not boss. the relationship <laughs> that's the but how is an, a, a politician is a similar type of um arrangement where they're not they're not your friend they don't owe you I don't think they owe you trust. I don't think politicians even work on trust. They like decidedly don't. <laughs> they decidedly lie and do and are not trustworthy. Um, and that's like one of one of the things that we know about politicians. And I guess like I mean, I I probably do trust AOC, <laughs> um, but I think that has more to do with like what my affinity for her and less with like my understanding of her governing power or governing skills yeah she's also not your representative so that's something like that's somebody you mm -hmm. can choose to be like i trust them oh, but they're yeah. also not somebody you have to vote for 
Um, that's not somebody you have to think about like that much. Whereas like when you vote for your representative, you're voting for who you believe will best represent your interests when they are mm-hmm. voting. Um, so like you're following AOC as a person who inspires you, not voting for mm-hmm. them as a representative in your branch of government. Mm-hmm. I think I do want to trust my representatives, but I also do, I do separate their political and personal lives, I think a little bit. I mean, there's certain things that, like, cross over, but, like, for example, like, I don't know, I, I think J.B. Pritzker has, has um, done more things that I like than I expected him to, and I expected him to not do those things because he's a billionaire, and I thought he would be out of touch mm-hmm. and not really care, Yes. but his yeah. policies, he's pursuing a progressive platform with the Democratic legislature, and I don't, I'm not saying he, everything he's done has been right, but, um... That was, like, for me, watching him be governor of Illinois has been, like, oh, I had these assumptions about him um, because of his money, and, like, I don't think he should have all that money, but his governing actually is representing me pretty well. And just to bring this back to voting, in terms of if anyone is familiar with Illinois, (laughs) J.B. Pritzker ran against a Republican, and in that vote in that vote I, i'll speak for myself i think you did this dan i voted for jb pritzker and was really annoyed that i did that <laughs> but i wanted to do that instead of voting for a republican and i did not vote for Lori lightfoot who i think is very similar to kamala harris in a lot of the ways that uh we could critique a politician um i voted for tony preckwinkle who did not get it and so that's an example of voting for someone when they were like running against a different party than voting within your party and being in the minority and not winning. And I think we can like maybe use that as an example <laughs> moving forward, but it's very specific to Illinois. So maybe people don't get it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm definitely struggling with this conversation a lot. I think I don't separate politicians, personal lives from their like career ones because your politics are also in your personal life. Like those aren't, you don't, we don't separate our like, politics from our personal lives that we shouldn't right i don't think that's yeah. fair or wise right in some ways i'd say the things that you do in your personal life matter like they matter just as much as the things you do you know on social media on your platform whatever you do partially because like not everyone is an activist or an organizer or someone that like can take a major role in like liberation movements but what those people do in their personal lives still matters, right? And and still is reflective of their values. And, and so when I see someone like J.B. Pritzker, whose personal life, right, I think the fact that, like, I don't think you can call him being a millionaire part of his personal life. Like, that is part of his political life. That's part of his life, period. Like, that's oh, not... Yeah. You oh, yeah. You don't distinguish... I don't distinguish those things. And... I mean, this sort of, I mean, we talked about separating the art from the artist. I, you know, you, I don't feel like you can do that. I don't feel like you can separate a politician's, like the choices they make up because, because they're all, it all comes down to like what that person like values and believes in. And, and if someone is living their life in a way that is not in line with the things that they are saying, right, then I think the tr- thing of trust does come in because if you, if you and your in your, again, I don't know the personal political life are different but as we're defining it as being like the things that you do when you're like you know in the in the senate house or whatever versus like when you're in your own home like if we're gonna just make that distinction like like if those things aren't in line with each other then i don't trust you as a person or as a representative because i don't believe that the thing that like you actually hold certainly not the values that you're saying because i think that the 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 things in your personal life are more reflective of your values than the things that you you know say on your platform and i i i also think you know even if you're saying i don't think you should trust your representative i believe i think you should be able to trust that your representatives like believe the things that they're saying and like yeah so you know yeah that's different I, I, I think there's um, I think there's subtlety in, in what what 
everyone's saying and like i don't hear anybody saying something like i i wholeheartedly disagree with like i i agree with everybody on on various points um mm -hmm. i think the matter of like trust is is kind of a tricky one because like with politicians you know that they're going to say things um promise things and like take up positions um in order to be a politician in order to play the game because like that's what politicians do and that's how they get elected and maybe they don't identify with every single thing that is part of their position but uh, uh, as a representative that's kind of a little bit their job is to represent their people more than their own personal beliefs um and that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that like they're going that like you shouldn't trust somebody who's like upholding a belief that they clearly are lying about like um but if they're like willing to be above like the fact that like they struggle with an issue but they're going to fight for it because that's what their population believes and because that's what's going to get them elected because like if they don't fight for it then they won't get elected and like at the very least you can see that connection and like know that they're going to do that like that's a different type of trust it's not like trusting them as a person like to be uh i don't know careful in a certain way or to like hold it personally meaningful but you can trust them to be that representative in a certain way in some sense i think there there are different levels to it like i don't just want representatives who i believe will do the right thing like or will will do the have the policies and platform that i want i also want them to be like a genuinely good person I want to trust them. I want to like them even. Um, failing liking them, I want to, to, to believe that they're like a decent person and like have, uh, like are genuinely trying to make the country a better place. Um, and then like, even if, even if I agree with everything they say and they're like a horrible person, you can tell that they're a horrible person, then I'm not going to like them either or vote for them. Like if they are straight up. Can I add just some historical basis to this? like just a thought for us to think about. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think that you should, I don't think that the personal can be separated from the political. I believe that. I also think that if a society has not deemed something to be personally okay, then that can be really hard for people to be in the political sphere. So for example, if someone uh, has an identity that this, that society has not deemed to be okay, then I would say, that that the outside would make that personal political and that would be a way of like taking down someone politically so like i know many people would say this about bill clinton i am not a supporter of bill clinton never will be never have been never will be <laughs> but i know that some people will say like oh well this was just a personal like attack and like took down a politician uh and got into their personal lives blah 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 -dee -da. so i he's a bad example but i can imagine that there's someone who would we would actually really like and who would really we would want to elevate um but for their safety or for their um like electability there would be something that it would be safer for them to not have their personal life uh in out out in front of other people so i think when we're when i think about things that people should be allowed to keep to themselves i'm thinking about like identity not finances that type of thing but i just want to say that historically lots of private parts of people's lives have been used to take each other down politically for years and i don't want us to be saying that right now so like martin luther king jr has been was taken down by personal things that happened to him lots of gay people have been taken down politically because they're gay and i just i want to like make sure we're saying like if we're saying we want the personal to be part of the political we're saying like we think that jb pritzker can't separate being a billionaire um from who he is not that everything about someone's personal life should be aired for the public to judge because the public is not always a good judge of people historically it's been a, a bad judge for oppressed people so I just want to make that clarification that not, mm -hmm. that we're we are as a group are differentiating that yes that's yeah I mean that's a good point I would say, I mean with Bill Clinton there's so many other things that were like that's not just yeah about, just like, forget about Bill Clinton yeah but like yeah, you know Martin Luther well, King had an affair and yeah yeah Martin Luther King had an affair the FBI recorded it and then people have used that to either like say that that didn't happen like as if people who are really good at 
working on civil rights can't do things that maybe we don't agree with <laughs> or or maybe we do we don't think that it's bad you know like that 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 takes the argument about civil rights and turns it into whether or not you can have an affair <laughs> and that's a distraction from the argument so I just want to say we that's not what we're saying and because that's being used as a political tool to take mm-hmm. down uh, progressive people yeah I don't know actually what this is making me think about Dana is interesting like I mean Julia and I here's context time uh last night was it last night time isn't real last night last night julia and i were on a big zoom call um with lots of whitney young uh, alumni and community members a couple a couple teachers were there um to talk about the issue of whether or not whitney young our our formal our former high school uh should remove its sros which for those of you playing along at home sros are called school resource officers um, they're police officers uh, that are contracted out uh, the, by the city to uh, CPS schools. Um, and every year we get the, to vote on whether or not we want to renew that contract. Also, single resident occupancy. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh. I'm just saying, in terms of like, if you're a poor person, SRO means a single resident yes. occupancy, meaning uh, government housing for one person. It's like how CPS means Chicago Public Schools or Child Protective Services anywhere else in the country. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and, and that's interesting because, I mean, you know what? Honestly, I'm feeling, Sonia, you can keep this in because I'm going to go for it. I'm feeling really upset with Whitney Young right now. I'm feeling really upset with that school and that institution, and I'm kind of going to go off on them. And that's going to get put out in the public, and I'm okay with that because I don't <laughs> go there anymore. Um Dr. Kenner, I feel like, is not a good representative of the school in a lot of ways. Like, she she has made it very clear, like, throughout these meetings that she is in favor of keeping SROs in Whitney Young. Um, And the local school council is voting on this. Ideally, the LSC, right, votes not based on their personal... they, They act as representatives for, like, the Whitney Young community. In that Whitney Young Town Hall meeting that Julia and I were in, the majority of people who were speaking were speaking out against SROs. There were some people who were going in support. Frankly, they were not super coherent or being particularly smart about the things they were saying. But, um, right. The, and, and furthermore, there was a, a survey that was done conducted um, uh, among the Whitney Young uh, current student body. There were 500 responses, and of those... It was conducted by, by alums, uh, and uh, about was, one one or two hundred responses were from current students. But oh, yeah. okay. Of the but I know of those ninety five percent of the current student uh, of the current students who responded said that they were in favor of removing SROs from Whitney Young. Oh and my gosh! Eighty seven point five said that they did not feel safer because of SROs presence in the school. That's not just a that's yes. not just like a simple majority. That's not like that is yes. overwhelming. That is like ninety five percent is nineteen out of twenty students. That's mm-hmm. I'm not going to use the word crazy because I'm trying to not use ableist language. But that is whack. It's and, wild. And, <laughs> and and this vote is next week, right? We're going to keep pushing. I know there's yeah. a rally next week that I'm, at least I'm going to, to, you know, push further before the LSC actually has their vote. But I also know that if the LSC does not vote uh, to remove SROs, so they vote to keep, to maintain the contract for, with, that we have with ours for another year, they will actively be voting against the students in the Whitney Young community, right? Like, and so then they aren't, regardless of their personal beliefs, they aren't acting as effective representatives. So I don't know. Right. That's just that's just making me think of that of that difference. And so like, and this is a case where like, Doctor is Doctor kind of part of the LSC? Like I don't know yep. if she gets to. Oh, she gets to vote. Okay, cool. She but does, like, but the student doesn't. But ooh, that doesn't. It's that a does, federal yeah. law. Yeah, school administrations. School administrations are not representative governments. They are not. Well, yeah, but I'm just, so, like, I, they, I'm just saying this is an example of like, yeah. if Dr. Kenner wanted to be an authentic representative of the Whitney Young student body mm-hmm. and of the Whitney Young school community, she would be voting to remove SROs regardless of her personal beliefs on the subject, because that is what the students are telling her they need. It. That's, that's truly ridiculous. That's so dumb. I mean, I think the students are the most important voices here. Um, I also think that like another way that they might see their responsibility 
It's like, if I'm a parent rep, I'm representing parents. And if I'm a staff rep, I'm representing staff. And those groups of people are not... Well, I feel like parents are kind of split. Because there were some parents who said they, like, spoke on both sides. But faculty overwhelmingly, at their meeting, were voicing that they wanted to keep the SROs. So I wonder if they're going to see... They make they feel safer with cops around, you know. They feel safer because it. it I can't it, it, imagine it, that. They said they did. That yeah, I mean they feel safer because the teachers who who do feel, uh, who who want SROs want SROs because they have a power trip and feel like the only way that they can actually get students to follow rules is by threatening them with violence. That's the reason you need SROs. Ugh. If you actually were to build an authentic community with students, where you like didn't right. I go on this for hours? Like if you actually trusted yeah. people. I mean, so- to be you clear, when do. they say they feel safer, that means they feel safer from students. Yes. That's... Yeah, that is wrong. Ro- they that try to is make it about wild. shootings, but um, that's the thing. Like, that's cute. That's cute. You feel a certain way. Students don't feel safer. It's just, it's going to be really interesting to me if the people who have spent the last decade telling me, um, cite your sources, back up with evidence, MLA, APA, are going to not... <laughs> respect the integrity of the evidence that the students and the young people are presenting because we actually read these things like mm-hmm. a lot i know i feel like a lot of us are like we're really really engaged with this issue so i don't know uh, but it's but also, also like student testimonials that are yeah we hope that they read which is crappy in itself because I don't feel like students should have to like recount trauma, which is what they're doing and what a student was an alum was publicly asked to, to do in the meeting by a, a, a black student was asked to like she had said that she had had like ex- like bad experiences with SROs and then was asked by a member of the LSC to to tell that story in front of everyone. Like in front mm-hmm. of all these people that she did not know, she was not in a like in a space where yeah, and I just was also really mad about that. Um, like, we also have a hundred, stu- like we have hundreds of testimonials of people who've already volunteered to tell their stories. So why are you putting someone on the spot? Because mm-hmm. honestly, like people respond to like seeing a black girl cry on camera, like when they're like they read a paper right. and they're like, "Is it really true?" And then they see like a person like actually crying because yeah. they're you know recounting their trauma and then they're like oh yeah maybe that's real but maybe i'll still vote yes because i don't i don't know this is a complicated issue and it's but i don't know this well white folks still don't believe black emotions so yeah it's still problematic yeah it's... i mean people have to be murdered on camera for a long time multiple times in order for anybody to put a black square on the Instagram. So this checks Which out. isn't even doing a, like, I, I also don't think that sharing those videos does a whole lot if, at the, with the, with the amount no. that they're being shared. Like, I don't know that seeing the, the fifth black person being murdered on camera is going to change you when the last four didn't, right? Like what's, you know. Yeah. At a I certain know. point, it just becomes normalizing violence against black bodies. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, all this is to say, like, I don't know. I feel like, we as students are not and students and, and and the people who are actively speaking out against sros are sort of not being represented by the lsc and i don't know i mean we'll see how this vote goes and we'll, we'll come back next week and we can talk about that but i'm feeling mm-hmm. I, I i think frustrated and i think this idea of like limited options right i mean dan you're talking about you vote for the person that you think will represent your interests best more and more i don't i don't know that there is a, a best like i don't know that oh, I, yeah. I feel Just, like there like, is a the system is broken and we need to change the system but i don't in the meantime but but i'm gonna push back i don't know that i don't know that pushing back like i don't know that you that you can validate the system at the same time that you're like talking about how awful it is like that feels like that that does yeah. like then what motivation does the system have to change if you're still validating it yeah i think the the it's a really hard question but we are not yet in a majority 
that feels like the system needs to be utterly reformed and half of Americans not voting is not encouraging the system to change. The system just continues without people voting. But then it, it, it feels... Fact, uh, it in fact benefits from people not voting. But then it feels defeatist to then do this thing that we already have established, like doesn't... Like is not the thing that we want to be doing or like to, to validate the system that we're not supporting, but to do it because like, well, everyone else, like that feels really defeatist. I don't, yeah, so I, I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, too often the case is that people feel that defeatism and then, like, want to change the system and then also do nothing about it. Um, I don't believe that you're the type of person who will, like, do that. Um, but, like, the 50% of people who don't vote is not... A, a, a large and engaged populace who is seeking radical change of the system. Um, even like it's mainly like people who just feel like it doesn't do anything and so they don't participate. Um, and so the, to counter that defeatism like is to get people to vote. It's apathy or it's people mm -hmm. who want to vote but don't have access to it. So my opinion on it is that like Participating in the system isn't encouraging the system because it is actually, um, like, the way I can vote is to vote to, like, change the system as it's as it currently is through the system. And it's not it's not particularly effective unless we have really good, like, um, progressive candidates. Um, so, I mean, part of that is, like, getting better progressive candidates in into the mix. Like, AOC, great. Great to have her. Um, need more. Um, voting for the top job is almost nothing. Like, it is not really... It's one... I guess, okay, the moral of what I was saying, or, like, the, the end point of what I'm saying is that I don't think that, like, it's harmful to vote as part of the system, to vote for, like... You have to vote at every level of it. You have to try and get better candidates involved. And, like, for the top job, for the presidency, voting is, like it's only a teeny tiny part of it. And, um, like there has to be additional things in order to change the system. Like we need to change the electoral college so that it doesn't just vote for, um, like, uh, so it's not just like little states get to have the biggest impact. We need to change it. So that like ranked voting is a thing. So you can actually vote for who you want to vote for. And then like not feel like you're then throwing away your vote. We need to have it so like third parties can be a thing. Um, these are all changes that need to happen and there are ways for them to happen and there are not ways for them to happen in the presidential election. That's my cent. That's my one cent. So I guess it sort of then splits it into two issues, which like, I don't know, we've been sort of talking about both, but then it sort of begs the question of like, do you vote period? And do you vote in, or I guess maybe like, and then, like, do you vote in the 2020 presidential election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think it depends on if you view it as a strategy or as a value. Right? So sometimes you should be like, my value is so strong that I will not participate in this. And that's very good. And the other thing, and then other times you should be like, I view this as a strategy, even though it conflicts with some of my values because I'm not a purity person, and that's also good. Yeah. And so maybe we're just trying to figure out what we should do right now. And then, like, I guess the idea of striking is an interesting one for voting, because, like, to not vote is not the same as striking, because when you strike, you stop doing work, and that, that affects the people at the top who need the productivity of the working class in mm -hmm. order to make any sort of profit, whereas the inaction, the not voting, does not affect the politicians. They get elected either way. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, Dan. I've always been thinking of it in terms of boycott, but I think you could kind of say the same with what you just said. Mm -hmm. I but That's but I would will say like there is I mean they have the Biden Sanders unity plan which we were going to talk about. I mean I don't know I guess we didn't really do that this episode. We'll do that. <laughs> I guess we don't think it exists. Uh, <laughs> Not worth mentioning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is how much we care about um, that. <laughs> um um, but like. What am I trying to say? Where, like, like consistently, 
the the DNC selects like well bad people, but also like people that are more like Tory. I would say like not even in the center who are right wing candidates, right? Because they're like safer, and those and when those candidates lose or when those candidates win, that re- I feel like that reinforces that. And when those candidates lose, that's telling them that's not working, right? And so I feel like, right. you know, there was also the Sanders versus Clinton debate in 2016, right? And they picked Clinton, who was further right than Sanders. I don't believe Sanders is perfect. I mm-hmm. also believe that Sanders is an imperialist. I would also argue that he's not super socialist. But, like, you know, regardless, Clinton was further right than Sanders was. They picked Clinton, and Clinton lost. And I feel like the message that you could have taken from that is, like, hmm, maybe more people would vote if we picked a candidate that people felt confident about. And so now I feel like if Joe Biden runs and Joe Biden, who is even further right than Clinton was like, and, and even worse of like of a, of a person, like then you, and and he wins, then that is like, Oh, okay. So I guess like picking the, the candidate, like picking the right wing candidate works sometimes, I guess, versus if he doesn't, if he also doesn't win at a certain point, like, the two parties, if you're talking about changing the system from the inside or something like that, at a certain point, for the sake of just, like, pursuing victory and profit, the DNC will have to change their strategy because the one that they're on right now, yeah. like, we can't validate that and let them feel like that works. Yeah. But do you think that you have to change the system within a span of 16 years? And also, is Biden... I don't agree that Biden is more right than Clinton. I would say he's roughly the same, but, like, I, don't even I think, think so. I would I would also push on that like just slightly that his platform not talking about his person but his platform is more progressive than Hillary's was. Oh yeah, that's he, not yes, that's not I to say anything that. about him uh, as a person and like his his true beliefs, but like the things he's running on are more progressive. Um, which is it's all it's all it's all uh, a sham, but it it is. I, it I is helpful it, to, I think, yeah. to acknowledge that there has been progress in terms of platform, if not in substance, which is really frustrating. And I know it's like a kind of equivocating and it, it's not really satisfying to hear that. Um, I'm not satisfied. I want to throw that out there. Either. Didn't vote yeah. for Joe Biden. Wasn't my first, second, or third choice. Um, so I'm not happy about a lot of the things that I'm saying. <laughs> I think we should move on to just um, talking about how we don't like Joe Biden because I feel like it would help us. It would be a good release for the whole group. I do want to comment on like the DNC. Okay. Um, like the DNC obviously did not learn that like it needed to listen to progressives, oh. except like it kind of did, but didn't in terms of like representatives. And part of that, I believe, is because to do so would essentially be to abdicate power Mm -hmm. within the Democratic Party. And that's not something that you essentially ever see leadership do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not not going to be that the DNC is going to come to its senses and realize that in order to win, it's going to just like have to run more progressive candidates because that would be saying, I guess we're not in power anymore. And that's not what establishment Democrats want. They want establishment Democrats to win. Mm -hmm. They don't want Democrats to win. So. They don't want young people to win. They don't want progressives to win. They want to win. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard sell. Um, I hear it and I agree with it. But, <laughs> but yeah, it you're stupid. right. Yeah, but it's it's the difference between us and people who go to go to sleep watching MSNBC. Like they're the closest allies we've got, but they are also not. I don't feel aligned allies? with them. I don't feel like they're allies. Like, strategically, I think that if we had more than two, if we were okay, allowed to have more than two use, parties, yeah, then we would yeah, not yeah. be the same party. But but they but they're the closest thing to what I want. And maybe the word ally is bad because it's used in other other stances. But in terms of strategy, yes. Some you sometimes to get things done, you pick people who you don't have things in common with because it's going to get you somewhere you want to go. But and that is impure again. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to push back and I pushed back on this before and I'm going to say it again because I think I said it at the end of our second episode. I feel like the trade or like the trade that 
like leftists because i don't know i feel like we keep saying we i don't identify as a democrat that's not a party that i feel like i'm a part of um, no one said I'm not a oh, okay. I, 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 said democrat. I don't feel like there's a way there when people say that. Well, anyway, I'm just gonna democrat, I'm just gonna clarify that point regardless. Um I I feel like the the, the, the trade that like leftists are trying like keep getting like tr- that 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 liberals try to sell leftists is this like you vote for our candidates and then it'll help you. But then the reality is we get these reform candidates and that one, I don't think that trade ever works like i i don't have an instance in which it's actually ever worked and two when you get these reform candidates i think it get like like i am absolutely anti like reform whether that's you know like like police reform doesn't work and it's not and it's police reformists are not allies with police abolitionists and it's a mistake to believe that they are because the police reform movement is actively against the values and the the actions of the police abolition yeah but i think think that's a very but that's a particular example that's using the same word reform that isn't necessarily always the way that word's used. And also, Joy is just saying in the chat that she registered as a Democrat because of closed primaries, and that's also why I registered. In Pennsylvania, you have to be registered to a party or you don't get to vote in the primaries. Addie registered as a Democrat because... Oh, let's not, let's not say that. No, I think it, it adds it adds flavor. She was still a Republican, and she wanted to vote for Obama because she. she I wanted to vote Obama against Hillary because I was like, had been fed the poison that the that the Clintons were evil, in a different way. Than I was going to say that the actual I, ways the Clintons are evil in a, in, in, a, in a bad way, yeah. in like an untrue and really bad way, and she was um, committing voter fraud. No, no, I was just trying to like take down where the power was. <laughs> she did end up voting for Obama in the presidential I was trying to infiltrate though, so the Democratic primary. It became a self-fulfilling promise. Um, Prophecy. I still... Uh, wait, I want to yeah. say one thing. I, I heard you say that there's like this promise that if you vote for the establishment candidate, like bones will be thrown. I don't believe... I don't know if I've ever heard that promise, personally. And <laughs> I wouldn't believe it if it were said it's nonsense if it's been said to you um it's nonsense if it's a talking point on news that i don't watch um that's that's a nonsense promise and um it's garbage uh it's like i said like the establishment democrats want themselves to win um they want to hold power and like they will put up with progressives because they need to have those votes um, but they do not want to advance a progressive agenda, mm-hmm. like not not in reality. The reason like I primarily vote Democratic is because I think that things will generally be less bad with Democrats. And because who, you have two yeah. options. That's but what, in you know. But in like every primary, I'm never going to like vote for the moderate candidate. In oh, every yeah. primary, I'm going to go more liberal. And every every time I'm campaigning for someone, I'm going to go more liberal. I'm going to like try and push that early in the stages, but. I'm never voting in, like, a general election because I think that they're going to, like, uphold a promise to be more progressive eventually. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Like, do you think that AOC is a good example of how, like, or is is an example of taking down establishment, um, or do you think that that only works because it was, like, a fully democratic arena, or do you not think of it as an example at all? I, I mean, I, if I, I feel like if I say I don't trust AOC, that goes back to this thing about, like, should you trust politicians, period. Um, that's what, but that's not the, that's it. not the question you're don't, asking. Why would you I know, trust a politician? I know, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, if, like, that's my first response is, like, I don't, I, when I say I don't trust, I don't trust that she, like, I, at this point, I don't trust anyone that, like, endorses biden no matter how reluctantly uh, that they aren't an establishment candidate on some level or that they aren't gonna like or that they don't like have that thing in them that that's sort of like what they're gonna like that's where their trajectory is trying to go so ari what's your i want to know why you have to trust people because i really think it's a misplaced thing in terms of how i'm defining it so maybe you're defining it differently and then what is your vision i want to i want i love you and your vision for the world and so what should we be doing what is your viable vision? I feel well. I feel like that would maybe be like better. Like we should talk about that more in another episode. Um, Ari's viable vision. <laughs> but Ari's well, viable. like I don't know. I feel like that could be a good like 
Julia, I don't know yeah, if you'd be I interested. I feel like Where that could be a way to bring in like, I don't know, Asha and other people that I know that are like very adamantly like not like don't vote, don't vote in presidential elections and also have do a lot of work around. But like, I mean, I, I, in, in, I think there's a question of like, what are we trying to accomplish with the candidates that we vote for and how can we provide those things for each other? Um, I think about things like mutual aid work, right? Um, that are like gaining a lot of strength. I've seen more mutual aid work in the past, you know, like like three months than I have in like the rest of my entire life. And that's really awesome. Um, and a way of like directly people supporting other people in their communities without saying, oh, we're going to vote for a candidate. And then that that candidate is going to like pass a, make sure a policy that gets passed that like gives you money or makes your medical insurance less awful or things like that. Like that feels more anti-establishment to me to just like, and frankly, even if you're talking about like participating in the system, like we're all like, even if a bunch of anti-capitalists are giving each other money so that they can continue to participate and survive under capitalism, I feel like that's an issue of, like, participating in a system because we have to while not support, like, while not supporting it and doing so in as, like, radical way as possible. Mm. And then in terms of, like, the need... I don't know a lot of people that I really believe about being, like... I believe in anti-capitalism as a value, but I in no way would say that I am not participating in capitalism, and I, I find it pretty difficult. We are. We are. I'm not saying that, that we're like, not, I'm, but I'm saying that like <laughs> you can be an anti-capitalist and have a vision for an anti-capitalist world and also recognize it in the current state that you live in, like where poverty is real and capitalism is real and we exist under these conditions that like i think one person like like someone like reaching out to ask for mutual aid and and getting like given the money that they need to continue to survive yes that money's going to like their landlord and to you know walmart and things like, like it's going to those places that we don't want it to be going to and supporting the system that we don't want it to support but it is also a way of sustaining a person right um, and, and doing so and, and trying to like cut the state out of that as much as possible, right? By not mm -hmm. saying, well, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to, you know how you're like, you know how you can't make rent this month. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to like vote for this candidate and then they're going to like pass a law that like means that you can't yeah, get evicted or something. Like it's not, it, it's, it's, it's. No one's, yeah, mm -hmm. no one's saying to only do one thing though. So, yeah, I, I, I think, okay, one thing I think we all agree on is that we all need to be politically active. Is this our common ground? And by politically active, I don't mean voting. I just mean being involved in the political system in some way. That can involve protesting. That can involve, like, systemic change. We believe that systems need changed. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, um, I think... Uh, voting is not the be-all, end-all of political activism. It is almost laziness to just, like, if you believe that political activism is just voting, then you're not politically active. Yeah. Um, I think more people are not voting because they are not politically active. They are politically, like, apathetic than yeah. anything else. Yeah, and that makes me... Apathetic or, like, as in, like, I don't care or is in, like, I don't, like see any not with intention for... not you oh i not literally you. think that it's literally, the former it's it's yeah, that they don't care like this isn't like, something that matters and i'm not gonna do it yeah i don't want to say lazy it's it's um yeah people who are just disengaged politically but i that is for sure the majority of people who don't vote i i would like to read more on that partially because i think when you say like this doesn't matter or something like that there's a find couple me, different find me if if you can find 45% of Americans that are actively not voting because they want to participate in another more radical system, I am following you wherever you're going. Gladly. I'm going to start the parade and I'm not going to stop it until the end. Okay? <laughs> because that is, if the, if you think the numbers are high enough, like, to reflect I don't know that they're not, like, the, that it's people, whatever, 45%, but I also don't think that the, that population should be discounted or sort of, like... I also feel frustrated by the amount of, like, belittling or, like, shaming or, like, chastising that people who don't vote because they envision something more radical 
like sort of receive when in some ways I feel like those people aren't the people you should be angry with. No, so, I'm not so angry So I, I want to, <laughs> I would say like, I want people to be more politically active in, in so many more forms and not just voting, but like, I also view voting as almost like the baseline. Um, that's how you, that's the easiest way to kind of get people into any sort of political activism is you give them something to vote for. Um, I, whether that's a person or a movement or something in general, um, you give somebody something to vote for rather than like something to not participate in. I think it's easier to be like to frame it more actively than it is to, to frame it more, I, I guess, not passively, but like negatively, like the action, the political action is to, um, be against as opposed to for for is more you know hopeful more um change oriented and this is the uh, my idea here is like to get the people not who are already politically active who are like uh abstaining from voting because they believe it's a rigged system and it needs systemic change and that uh participating in that system encourages the system to um thrive in ways that we don't agree with um, I'm talking about the, the the majority of people who don't vote who believe it to be a waste of time or to believe it not to be worth their time on that Tuesday, which is not a holiday. Um, my what I hope that like we the, my hope of how this reaches people is that they hear that this is the first way that they get engaged in politics, the way they first feel like um, politics matters to them personally and this voting is one one step the first step and it's almost nothing um and it it requires many more steps beyond that but it is the baseline and then maybe they will then eventually get to a point where they view voting as uh an active bad but right now it's just an active nothing if that whole diatribe makes any sense. I think I feel, to answer your other thing, Addie, the thing about trusting politicians or, like, trusting people, I mean, one, I would just say that, like, trust is a value that I hold really closely in terms of, like, I believe that the people... That, that are close to me in my life should be people that I trust. And when someone... Agree. When my, like, just personally for me, like, when someone breaks my trust, it is very hard to, like, mm -hmm. regain that or repair that with a person. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, mm -hmm. that is, I think, just on an individual level, that's something that, that is something that's really important to me. I would say in terms of politicians, like... Maybe maybe it's important to me in in politics because like I feel in the I mean especially as I've gotten older but but more and more I just feel when I think about all of the candidates the ones that I grew up in and like you know rallied behind and saw my parents voting for and the ones that I like. W w wish that I ha w was able to vote for in high school and the ones that I have the options to vote for now, the thing that mm -hmm. I keep feeling with those people is just, like, betrayal. Um, and sort of, like... And Ari, I, I wonder if it's not that... I don't know, like, I feel like we're saying we all have the same values, but we're, like, of course, like, trust is really important to me, but maybe it's just... This is a matter of us just having been around a little bit longer and seeing that, like, oh, I, I super trusted Obama. I was like, Obama is the best ever. <laughs> Obama's the best. And then I had to learn over the next eight years that that was super naive of me and that I was, like, actually not right. That I was, like, that, that, that he wasn't something, he wasn't somebody to trust. He was just a really charismatic, really smart person 
who totally swayed me <laughs> to thinking that he was like flawless and that is that was not true and so I feel like I've it's like I have been in a relationship with a politician and they like betrayed me <laughs> and so I'm just like oh I'm never gonna trust politicians like that I, I feel like I'm acting like someone who was like betrayed in a relationship and um I'm just reflecting on my experience and I don't want that to be belittling to your experience so I just want to make sure that I'm talking about myself and not you and my maybe my own jadedness and know? i guess that jadedness is something With that the i so like i feel frustrated when not voting period and i understand there's different reasons people don't vote like but when the action of not voting gets reduced to like apathy because i feel like in some ways it's like like i look at the act of voting for politicians that you know are terrible people or like like, in some ways, that feels very apathetic to me when people are sort of like, yeah, they suck, but, like, what can we do? Or, like, that's just how the system goes. So they're like, well, they had to do that to get elected or something. They were sort of, like, like that feels that feels apathetic to me. I'm not going to say it feels more or less apathetic, but it, it, also, it, it feels like I'm sort of like, yeah, even when people that. are like, oh, that makes me angry, but I'm still going to keep doing it. I'm sort of like that. Yeah, totally. Like, like that feels more apathetic to me than me feeling so outraged and so hurt by these people that I like thought were amazing and brilliant and going to like change the world and make us all love each other and all that good stuff. Like when I was younger, mm -hmm. right. And not even that much mm -hmm. younger, like that. I, I feel very like led on. And, and so in some ways I feel like it feels more apathetic for me to just like give up and continue voting for those people because it's like, well, I guess there's something like, like, whether that's, like, there's nothing better to do or this is the baseline or this is the least we can do, like, I don't, like, that feels mm -hmm. so, like, it makes my skin crawl. I hate just, like, thinking yeah. about it. I don't know if the word apathetic makes that much sense, but it certainly seems hypocritical, that's for sure. This podcast is recorded on Ohlone and Potawatomi and Miami and Peoria land. Our producer is Sonia Berg. Want to support them? Look in the episode description to buy them a cup of coffee. Our logo is made by Julia's sister, Sophia. She is 12 and a Democrat who doesn't agree with everything the Democrats stand for. Our theme song is by some TikTok users that I cannot pronounce, but they will be listed in our episode description.